uh, man, God has really laid a, a tough message on my heart today for you, but I believe that it's one of those that could really help in this uh, season of life. And so today I'm going to read from Luke chapter 1, and uh, if you have your Bibles, you can follow along with us. It's going to be 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for this word, for this message that you've given us. And I just pray today that we're eager to that that we're ready to receive what it is that you have, Father, that we open our hearts and our minds to that. That this isn't just another Christmas message, but Father, this is life-changing. This is transformational. So Father, speak to us today. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. So, so here's the teaching part. I, I just thought today it was really important for us to, to address this one, all right? Who is Mary? You know, if you dive into uh, the Gospels and you start reading through, you're going to come across quite a few different Marys. Uh, even at the cross, there were, there were three different Marys that were there at the cross with Jesus. And uh, so sometimes it gets kind of confusing on who's who. But today, I want to talk to you a little bit about Mary, the mother of Jesus. So Mary had faith. Mary was a first century Jewish woman of Nazareth. And what that means is that uh, as, as the Jewish religion came to be known in the first century CE, it was based on an ancient Israelite religion shorn of many of its Canaanite char char characteristics, but with the addition of important features from Babylon and from Persia. And so it got rid of some of the, the old gross things and, and added some really cool things into it. And, uh, and so she was a part of that first century uh, Jewish religion that was coming to be born. And uh, which is really cool to hear. Uh, she was the wife of Joseph, and Joseph was the descendant of David, and she was the mother of Jesus and of James. But there's, there's also something that comes into play when we talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, a lot of people like to point and, and talk about the idea of, of how uh, denominational differences come into play with this. And so today, I just wanted to address that for a minute, if that's okay. Uh, one of the things is a lot of churches and a lot of people will point towards like the Catholic Church or the Lutheran Church, and, uh, and they kind of they turn their back towards what they do. And, and, and the thinking behind it is, and I just want to kind of lay this to rest today, that those churches worship 
Mary, but that's not the case at all. A lot of times they believe that because they might see statues in front yards, they might see necklaces with Mary's picture on it or, or statues of Mary in the church. But truly the reality of it is, is that their perspective of this is that if, if Mary is the mother of Jesus and Jesus represents the church, then Mary must be the, the mother of the church. And so they go to her then in petition of, will you be that liaison between me and your son, between me and the father? Would you, would you do this? And so even there's prayers that they pray to her that a lot of people think of, of being negative, but in the aspect of it, when you truly hear what the prayer is being said, it says, Mother Mary, pray for us sinners. Pray for us sinners. It's not saying, hey, we're worshiping you or we're praying to you. It's saying, hey, we're sinners and we need your prayer. We're reaching out to you. Now, the Protestant church really struggles with Mary in a whole sometimes. And it's not saying that they're putting a negative spin on who she is, but truly it kind of stops at the fact that they say she gave birth to Jesus and that's it because there's no other scriptures that really talk about the things that Mary did. And so a lot of times in the, in the Protestant church, that's kind of where it ends as far as the discussion of, of who and what Mary is. But an interesting fact today that I wanted to share with you is this. Mary holds the highest position in the Islam church among all women. Did you know that? Mary, Mary holds the highest position in the Islam church among all women. She is mentioned in the Quran and the Quran more often times than in the Bible. And uh, honestly, in the, in the Quran, they've got two of the longest chapters written uh, are named after her, and they're also named after her family. But she is also better known in the Quran as Maryam, the mother of Isa. And Islam's also refer to her as Tahira, meaning the one who has been purified. This is really cool to hear because representing her status, this represents her status as one of only two humans in all of creation. She's the only woman to not be touched by Satan at any point. This is the Islam's belief. This is, this is what is written in the Quran about this. You know who the other one is? Jesus. So they represent that, that Mary and Jesus are the only two to never be touched by Satan. And uh, the other thing that we need to know about Mary today is, uh, I think this is like one of the coolest facts about Mary. Now this is debated, and, and there's like age dragons and stuff like this, but Mary was around the age of 14 years old when she gave birth to Jesus. And uh, Joseph was probably right around 18 years old when he was the father of Jesus. And, and uh, the age range even goes less than that sometimes. A lot of theologians believe that she could have been anywhere between 12 and 16. And Joseph could have been anywhere from 16 to 21. Think about that for a minute. How crazy is that to be? And so I want you to remember that as we kind of process today. Because, because as we look at and we, we, we dive into what it is that we just heard that, that Mary had this conversation with his angel about, the big thing is this, is that when God speaks. When God speaks. And so, so here he is. He, he sends an angel down to have a talk with Mary. And, uh, and he wants to share what it is that he is getting ready to do. But, but there's also a, a chapter in, in John that really points out and depicts what it is that, that we are as well. And that is in John 10, John 10, verses 27 through 28. It reads this, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep meaning you, the ones that are of God, the, the ones that follow God, you hear his voice. And for each of us, as we've learned a couple weeks ago, it's 
different. It looks different. It sounds different. Uh, even the way of communication might be different sometimes. But, but this is one of my favorite verses. And if you don't have a favorite verse, I want you to just kind of lock in on this one. Maybe if you do, lock in on it. Because I love this next, this next little fragment of this. My sheep hear my voice. You hear my voice. And then what's he say? And I know them. How stinking cool is that? Like, man, time and time again in Scripture, it's reminding us that he knows us. The creator of the universe, the one that created everything, knows you personally. How cool is that? And then he says this, and they will follow me. The sheep will follow me. I'm the shepherd is what he said. I'm here to watch over you, my flock. And I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And I'm going to read that last part again because this, this part is just one of those that you need to be reminded of a lot of times is that no one can snatch you out of the hands of Jesus. The only one that can snatch you out of the hands of Jesus is yourself. You can make that choice to turn around and walk away. But I'm telling you this right now, don't blame somebody else for it because it is written, no one can snatch you out of my hands. He says, I'm the shepherd and you know my voice and I know you and no one will be taken from me. So look at Mary. God spoke to her through an angel, just as he talks to us in many different ways, different avenues through preaching and through music and through worship and through strangers, friends, family, pictures, all different kinds of things in all different kinds of way that God speaks to us. And time and time again in scripture, when God spoke, he was never indecisive. And I want you to hear that right now. God was never indecisive when he speaks. He's never coming to you and saying, yeah, I'm just thinking this might be a good plan, but how are you feeling about this? What's your thoughts? Like he comes to you with certainty. And I love that. I love the fact that he can come to you with complete certainty that when he calls you, man, you are going to become productive. There are going to be big things that you're going to be able to do, and you are going to be successful through that, whatever it is that he is calling you to be. And so God calls, and, and he's, in, he's never indecisive in the way that he talks and the way that he moves, but Mary listened to what it was that the angel had, but then Mary had a response. And so we're called to respond. In Luke chapter 6, verse 46, this actually tagged last week's uh, scripture reading that we had. And this is the very end of it. Um, so he says this, so why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Why are you struggling to find purpose in life? Why are you struggling to, to make ends meet? Why are you struggling for these things? Reaching out to me, Lord, 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 why can you, can you be here for me? Like all this is going down. This is all happening right now. This is crazy. And then he gives you a response. But then we don't do what he tells us to do. It's too difficult. When I first started in ministry, I'll never forget, there was a, a couple that came to me, and I was young, man. That was, that was uh, 11 years ago, 10 years ago, and uh, I didn't know what I was doing then. And uh, they came to me, and they were struggling with finances, and I was not the one to come and talk to about that at all. And, uh, and they came up to me, and, and they were wondering all these different things, and, and I, I was like, well, let me, let me get back to you. Let me get back to you. 
And really what they wanted was they wanted an automatic thing to happen. Like they just wanted somebody to say, hey, you're struggling. You're $20,000 in debt. You can't figure out a way to get out of it. Here's a check. You're good to go. God bless you. But the church came back and said, hey, we want to pay for you to be able to go through some financial training. And, and we're going to cover the cost of that for you. And, and I'll bet you by the time the year's done, you're going to be able to recuperate a lot, of that, a lot of that issue, a lot of that debt. And they were like, no, thank you. No, thank you. And I never forgot that because God made a way. God made a way. He answered the prayer. He answered the request. He answered what it was that they were asking to do. But when it came down to it, it wasn't done in the way that they wanted it to be done. It was going to be a little bit more difficult than what they wanted. They didn't want to wait, take, an, take an entire year to, to redo everything that they had been doing. No, no. They just wanted it to be immediate. God said, that's not how I'm going to work in this situation. So why do you call out but not do what I'm asking you to do? So God calls out to Mary. And we learn a lot from this teenager. We learn a lot from this teenager. Number one, I'm going to tell you this. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to be curious. If you listen, the Lord will answer. But I want you to hear this. It's not always right away. Sometimes we seek for an answer and we long for an answer and we don't understand why God has placed something so heavily on our heart. And so we fight it and we're, we're curious and we ask these questions. And, and man, I'm going to tell you something. When God answers and God responds, it's the most incredible thing ever. You know, sometimes you're, you're waiting for his physical voice to come upon you, but that's not always the way it is. Sometimes he has spoken through my wife to me, and I've been sitting there, and all of a sudden she just has this word that just comes out of nowhere. And it's like, whoa, like that's crazy. But it's always incredible when God speaks. When he takes a moment to speak into your life and, and to give you direction and, and to call you to do something, oh my goodness, how awesome is that and so he calls us and he he speaks. So Mary Mary was curious. She asked questions. Man, I would have asked a lot of questions too. Like, you sure about this? I'm still in junior high, man. I haven't graduated eighth grade yet. Like, I'm struggling here with this. My man, we're not even married yet. Like, come on. You're wanting us to do what now? So she asked the questions. The angel responded with what seemed to be the impossible. Yet Mary concluded with something so profound. Man, the angel, think about that for a minute. The angel responds with what seems to be the most impossible thing ever. He's like, I'm still a virgin. Like, how can this even be possible? Like, I'm not in high school yet. I haven't taken anatomy yet, but I have an idea. My parents had to talk with me. Like, like... Things aren't adding up here, man. This is impossible. But instead of questioning it and continue to question it and say, man, like, like you cannot make the impossible happen. Well, she just says this. May your word to me be fulfilled. Woo! 14-year-old junior high student girl. She's just like, all right, this is going to suck. Like, this is going to be the craziest thing ever. Kids are going to make fun of me. They're not going to believe me. Oh, man. I'm going to say an angel appeared to me, and they're going to say, you're nuts. But she says, may your word to me be fulfilled. 
Because I want you to hear this today. Do not let man-made roadblocks prevent you from following the road that Jesus has opened for you. Right there, man. Roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. We put in the way. And we're like, oh, this can't happen. Could you imagine if Mary would just be like, nope. You can come back and visit me when I get out of high school. Like, that's when you can come. And we'll, we'll talk about it then. Like, I'm good. But, like, that's how we do a lot of times. Like, we put these roadblocks in the way. Like, God's saying, hey, I got something I want you to do. You're like, yeah, yeah, but check this out, though. Like, do you know how old I am? Like, like do you know where I'm at financially right now? Do you know where I'm at in my life right now? Do you know I got kids and I got to support my kids? And you want me to do what? Like, come on now. So we put these roadblocks in the way. And a lot of times, I'm going to tell you this, a lot of times we look for these physical roadblocks. We look for these physical things like, hey, like my family, they're terrible. They're annoying and they get in my way. My family's not. My family is really awesome. Uh, but they get in the way of things. And so like I try to get by them and I can't. Like, so we try to put these, these physical things in the way. But I'm telling you something right now. It's the things that you can't see that even make the, the biggest roadblocks. It's those things that you can't see. It's those things, those, those, those doubts that you have in your mind that you're not good enough. Those doubts in your mind that, that are sitting there saying that, oh man, like, like everything is just crumbling down around me and, and I just can't seem to, to find my way out. Like, what am I supposed to do? And so you just put these roadblocks in your way that, that, that all you do is just sit around and just wait and expect. And God's like, no, but I got a road for you. I laid this path out for you that I need you to follow. And you're like, but I can't. Because every time I get to this point and, and you're asking me to take a leap over this bridge, I can't do that. So I'm going to take a detour this way. And God's saying, but I don't want you to take a detour from this place. I want you to jump over the bridge. I want you to take the road that I laid out for you. But we get so caught up in all these different things that, that may or may not get in our way because we're so just caught up in that. that a lot of times we refuse to take the road that God has laid out for us. Man, think about this road that he laid out for Mary. It was not going to be an easy one. In fact, her boyfriend wanted to leave her. Like he was trying to figure out a way, the best way to just bail out. But as God always does, he speaks. Mary was a 14-year-old girl, and the response that she had was so mature. And one that we can hang ourselves on. We can hear that and we can, we can live our lives on that. You can jot that one down and put it in your car if you need to. May your word to me be fulfilled. I'm going to tell you this today. You will find joy in the world just as Mary did. Mary found great joy in who her son was. She found great joy in the call that, that God had placed on her life. But I need you to hear something today. Because this is something that I needed today. Joy is not a feeling. You're like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. No, no, no. Like, I'm telling you this. Biblical joy is not a feeling. It's not about feeling happy. It's not about feeling rejoiced. It's about the point of view that you put into perspective. It's about the perspective that you have on things is where you find joy. You know, I go into Hobby Lobby. Um, they have signs everywhere. And, and you can find this literally anywhere. It's not just Hobby Lobby. But, but this, this is saying, choose joy. Choose joy. 
I'm going to tell you something. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Okay, I'm just saying that right now, okay? You can't just choose joy. And a lot of people will say that. Like, you have, you have two options to make. You either choose joy or, or you're just boring or you're just lame. Like, like, this is the real reality of it. But I'm going to tell you something right now. For some of us, you might pull into church, get an upfront parking spot right next to the door, and that gives you joy, man. It's like going to Target on Black Friday and finding the cart and the spot right next to the door. Like, you are hyped. But for others, maybe some that are dealing with some mental, mental illness and, and depression, different things like that, and, and you get that front door and, and, and you still walk in and you're still struggling. Man, you just go up to them and go, hey, hey, you know what you should do? You should find joy. You're depressed, find joy. Hobby Lobby told me that. You know, you're struggling with life? Hey, just find some joy. Oh, man. Do you know how much damage that could do to somebody? You're struggling with life right now? Man, you're just screwing it all up. Find some joy. It's like a commercial. Find some joy. For $19.95, you can find some joy in life. And if you, if you act now, we'll send you two times that amount of joy. But it's about the perspective that you give it. And so what you thought might have been a giant burden, your perspective changes on that. And you say, oh, man. That was a huge burden to my life, but how big of a blessing was it? You find joy in that and how, how God could take something that, that just seems like a roadblock, something that just seems so messed up in your life, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, whoo, really, God? That was awesome. That was a huge blessing in my life. That was a huge breakthrough in my life. You wanted me to talk to these family members, and, and oh, my goodness, I thought it was going to be a complete disaster. But you, you swap that perspective around, and all of a sudden now, we're friends again. Breakthrough takes place. Relationships are mended. Man, I'm telling you this right now. If you're, if you're sitting here in this room right now, and you're in a place where you're, you're just struggling. You're just struggling. Maybe you're online right now, and you're just struggling with life, and, and you're just struggling to find the joy in things. Quit trying to find a feeling. Find that perspective. Your joy lies in what it is that God can do for you. So what is God doing for you right now? Maybe something that you've labeled a different direction. But what is something that God is doing for you right now? That if you just switch that perspective up a little bit, your whole entire world would change. Your whole entire world would turn upside down. Joy isn't about the absence of pain or the addition of something spectacular. Joy is all in the point of view. If we continue to look at joy in the wrong way, it's going to bring us nothing but disappointment. So my challenge to you today is where are you finding your joy? If you're in here today and you're struggling with that idea, if you're in here today and, and the only thing that's on your mind is something that's just temporary, I really want to challenge you today to find that joy that's eternal. As we've done every week, the peace and the hope, and now the joy of what's eternal for us, for our family, for our kids. 
if you're searching for that joy in the wrong place, if it's only temporary, if it's barely covering up something, if you chose joy, I want to challenge you today to surrender that to God. Just say, seek me, O Lord. Let me know where my perspectives need to be shifted. Let me know where my perspectives need to change. What is it that you've done in my life right now that I just can't see the correct direction of? How is it that, man, you can shake my world up? Jesus, I thank you so much. I thank you for choosing us, for using us, for calling us, for giving us so much to learn about this 14-year-old girl that, that jumped out on a limb to do what it was that you've called her to. To just say, I'll, I'll give it all to you. Whatever you need me to do, I will do. Father, I pray that that's, that's all of our response. That when you speak, we might have some questions. We might be curious about a couple different things. But we don't allow that to get in the way of achieving what it is that you've called us to. So call us this season, Father. Use us, shape us, call us. Father, we're excited to see how it is that you're going to use us this day. In your name I pray. Amen.